today is an exciting day. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was for us, amen? amen. So, I, I mean, I don't know if you can imagine, but, uh, you know, that day, the power of God exploded inside that tomb. I mean, just resurrection power. An angel rolls the stone away, and Jesus Christ comes walking out alive. I mean, can you imagine seeing there, seeing that, being there, and experiencing such amazing, amazing power? And um, so today, we, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, we believe that Christ died, was buried, and was raised on the third day. That's what we believe. And that's what we celebrate. Friday, he died, but Sunday, today, he rose. And I also believe that there's power in the resurrection, not as just a historical event that we can remember, but there's power in the resurrection that can help us live our lives today. I mean, the resurrection can change us here and now. It's not something we think about and remember only. It's something that we can live. Resurrection power dwells and lives in us. The Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Amen? And so uh, today we have the privilege of starting an amazing series. I am so excited about this series. It's called The Original Guide to Healthy Relationships. Now, I know enough people to know that people need help with relationships. That's, That's truth right there. Because life happens, you know. People get offended. People get hurt. People get upset, life happens, and then division comes, and relationships sometimes end or stop right there. And so in this series, we're going to talk about some amazing things, and I hope you, you plan on uh, attending. We're, this is about a seven-week series. I hope you plan on coming back. If you're a guest here today, you've got to get this stuff. This will help your life. This will help you. Um, so today, we're going to talk about the topic of forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people forgive. Uh, Moving forward, we're going to talk about topics such as resolving conflict in relationships, Um, boundaries, setting boundaries, personal boundaries in your life. You know, I know so many people that need boundaries in their life. They let people walk all over them, take advantage of them. And what does it look like to set a boundary in your life to say this far or no more, you know? And that's healthy. Uh, We're going to talk about topics like confrontation. How do you talk to people about something they're doing that is upsetting you? constructive criticism, uh, and then healthy friendships, you know. I know a lot of people that want to serve God with all their heart, and the reality is they have people in their life that are poison, they're toxic. And the significance of healthy friendships. So this series is just going to be dynamic. I'm believing God uh, for great things. And so we want to experience resurrection power today, amen? Amen. Resurrection power for our lives. So... um, At the core, as you read the scriptures, the the gospels, the New Testament, at the core of the Christian message is a message of forgiveness. If you're a Christian today, if you follow Christ as Lord and Savior, you've experienced that forgiveness. It's powerful. It's powerful because, you know, the Bible says that our sins, God takes our sins so far away from us, as far as the east is from the west. That's how far God has separated us from our sins. When he looks at us, he doesn't look at us uh, like the mess we think we are. He looks at us as perfection, right? He looks at us as holy and righteous. 
I know some of us, a lot of us may, may have trouble accepting that and believing that for our lives, but that's what the Bible teaches us. That's what the Bible teaches us, that Jesus dealt with our sins. Knowing, knowing that we weren't perfect, you know, that we would slip up, that we would make mistakes in the process, in the journey, Jesus dealt with our sins. He's demonstrated his love for us. You know, a lot of people, I hear people say, God, show me your love. He's like, I showed you my love. He demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so uh, today, I want to talk about forgiveness. It's a heavy topic, but it is at the mess- it's at the, the core of the message of the gospel. And the reality is Jesus demonstrated forgiveness toward us. And I'm not going to talk about that forgiveness, because that's a given, right? That's a given. Most of us don't need, most of us in this place don't need help understanding that we've been forgiven, although some do. Many of us need help understanding how to forgive. It astounds me when I talk to people and have conversations with people that I view them in many ways as mature in the faith, you know? They've been around, they've been pursuing God, they love God. And then I start to hear things about uh, stuff that happened in their lives and, and how the bitterness that they have in their lives consumes them, how they hate people and there's anger and things like that. And I'm thinking this is one of the fundamental things we've got to walk in is forgiveness. I would say if you want healthy relationships, the number one by far, the number one thing that you've got to master is forgiveness. In your marriages with your kids, with your parents, with your friends, with your bosses, with people that come in and go out of your life. You know, some people, right now, you're dealing with unforgiveness, and it's eating you alive. And it's people maybe you've never even met before, or they came in your life and are out of your life, but they're still, they still control you because there's unforgiveness in your heart. And there's a piece of you that is being controlled because of unforgiveness. I remember uh, when I was much younger, I think it was like seventh grade, maybe eighth grade, there was this guy named Peter. And I think he felt like it was his mission to make my life miserable, to torment me. And during that school year, it was absolutely horrible. Um, In fact, I don't even know if my mom ever knew about this, but it was just a horrible year. This kid, no matter what, and he was a much bigger kid than me, an intimidating presence. And no matter what I was doing or what was going on, he felt like it was his job to make my life miserable. So he would do things like, you know, I'm walking down the, down, down the hallway and shove my books out of my hand and they go sliding all over, papers flying everywhere. I'd open my locker and he'd pop it closed. You know, I mean, we're, we're at a pinch for getting to classes on time and all that stuff. And uh, just a whole bunch of things that he would do, um, shove me downstairs, embarrass me in front of people. Well, I remember lying, uh, lying in bed one night and several nights just, just so upset, so frustrated. I mean, I hated this kid. I, I would think of ways that I could get even with him. And uh, I never really, really came up with any clear conclusion as to how I could get even with him. Um, but one day, this kid, I was on the stairs, I was going downstairs, and he shoved me again. My books go flying, there's people everywhere, you know, I mean, it's just so humiliating 
to have something like that happen. Excuse me, I'm just trying to get something up that I'm excited to show you. Uh, and, and so I, everything starts flying, you know, and, and in frustration, I get up. And um, I'm crying, and I just start swinging. I'm just throwing haymakers at this kid. You know what I mean? I, and I was, seriously. The bad news is that uh, haymakers are not really that accurate of punches. You know what I mean? So I did, actually, the good news is I hit him once. And the even better news is he never hit me. But this, this went on past the school year, you know, um, this whole thing. And in fact, into high school, I would see this kid in the hallways. And I still had this thing in my heart for this. I just hate that kid. I hate that kid. And I remember one day, I'm like, you know what? He's not even doing what he did to me in the past now. You know, I think I can deal with this. I think I could deal with this in my heart and move on in life. And I did just that. I I just accepted the fact that, you know what? That was a thing of the past. It's behind me. I can't change that. I'm just going to forgive this guy and let him go. And I I tell you, like, as those years, those high school years went on, um, things got better. I mean, I would say hi to him and stuff like that. I just let go of the hatred, the bitterness, and the anger that was in me. I had to let it go. You know, I had to let it go. Actually, why I was playing with my phone was this. I wanted to show you something real quick. You probably can't see this, but this is our live stream functioning. And we've been talking about doing live stream for a little bit, and we are getting ready to launch it soon. So uh, our services will be broadcast live over the Internet. And we don't want this to be an excuse for you to stay home from church because there's nothing like, here's the deal, there's nothing like being here. You know what I mean? I always tell people, if you're going to listen to a message, the last person you want to listen to is mine. There's a lot better preachers out there, but when you encounter the family of God, it makes all the difference in the world. But there are people, you know, your car breaks down, you're sick, your kid's sick, things like that, that you could still uh, experience to some degree what's going on here at Faith Chapel. And so we're really doing live streaming for the purpose of connecting more with our community and building uh, relationships with our community and giving a foretaste to people who will ultimately be a part of our family. And so I'm very excited about that, and you'll hear more about that when the actual date of launch comes, but live streaming is coming soon. All right, so listen, you may have had Peters in your life. In fact, we probably, every one of us, if we were to share our stories, we probably could uh, come up with reasons uh, or uh, experiences that we have had personally that ha- have caused us to be bitter, angry, or, or hated people. I mean, we've all been done wrong in some way, right? We've all had people do something wrong to us. And, and so we all, we all have our own, our own stories. And, may, and maybe your story goes way back to childhood, you know? Maybe something happened to you as a fam- by a family member, a parent, a neighbor, a loved one, and you know, still to this day, it's plaguing you. It's impacted the trajectory of your life. And the reality is, no matter how hard it was and how hard, how bad of an experience it was for you, and I am in no way wanting to downplay that, I am in no way wanting to minimize that, but the reality is, if you are still being impacted by that today, you can be free. Just like those kids up here. 
Just like those kids up here. Like there is freedom in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's freedom in the power of the cross. And I am convinced that people can walk out of this place here free today. Unforgiveness does not have to plague you anymore. The things of the past don't have to hold you back anymore. In fact, uh, unforgiveness has been called the cancer of the soul. It, 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 it sort of just get, grabs hold of us. And let me say something. Unforgiveness is not for that person who messed with you, who hurts you. It's for you. Yeah. Unforgiveness is for you. It's the core message from the cross. And so here, here's what I know. Most people don't really understand forgiveness. They really don't understand it. And so I've got a little quiz for you today. And, and I'm just going to put up a question. I'm going to have you just raise your hand if you think it's true. It's true, false. I'm going to have you raise your hand if it's true. And then after the people that answer true, I'm going to have you raise your hand if it's false, okay? There's like five questions. Bear with me. But I want to really just drive this point home, okay? So here's the question. Here's the first question. A person should not be forgiven until they ask for it. How many people think that's true? A person should not be forgiven until they ask for it. Anyone think that's true? Or are you guys just too timid to be wrong? I mean, come on. Anyone think it's true? All right. How about, how many people think it's false? A person should not be forgiven until they ask for it. Okay. Good. Uh, How about this? In order to forgive, I need to downplay the offense and the pain it caused. I need to make that, that offense minimalized. I need to minimalize it. How many think that's true? How many think it's false? Okay. All right, you're right again. <laughs> true forgiveness is demonstrated when trust is fully restored. It's not, it's not forgiveness until there's trust again. How many think that's true? How many think it's false? You're right again. How about this one? Two more. You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. True? False? You're right again. You don't, yeah. I mean, you may never forget the offense. The reality is you still have to forgive. Amen? Here's the last one. A person must always forgive except in some extreme cases. How many think that's true? Extreme cases you don't have to forgive. How about false? Who thinks it's false? Yes, you're right again. You must always forgive. It doesn't matter if it's an extreme case or not. And that's the place for many of us that we struggle. You know? I mean, with the number of people in this room, there's got to be some horrific things that have happened to some of us in this room. But the reality is, it's not that person who did it to you that is in bondage. It's the person that has refused to forgive, that is in bondage. It's unfortunate that it works that way, but it's the reality. It's the reality. So I want to share with you a few scriptures. All, uh, all of them except one is, is in Jesus' words to just build a foundation as it relates to what the Bible says about forgiveness. In Matthew six twelve, and I just love the fact that God's word has the answer For everything, amen? That's why the series is called The Original Guide to Healthy Relationships. How do we get healthy relationships? 
We get the information from the source. That's the word of God. Amen? Matthew 6, 12 says this. It says, and forgive us our debts. This is part of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus, Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. 6.12 says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, that is a, a, a tough statement because that one word as is a killer. As. As. Do you know what she did with do you know what she did to me? I'll forgive you as you've forgiven her. You know, my neighbor makes me so angry. He leaves his trash out there and it just makes my yard look uh, just horrible. I'm angry. I can't forgive him. Well, you'll be forgiven in the same way or as you forgive him. Paul writes this, Colossians 3.13. It says, just as we, oh, excuse me, Colossians 3.13. 13, sorry. Uh, Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, we freely need forgiveness. We freely long for the forgiveness of God. We mess up. We fall. You know, we get back up and we're like, God, I just, I need, I need your grace. With, you know, we need his grace. We, we embellish his mercy over our lives. Um, but we're not so free to give that same forgiveness away. And Paul writes this, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Jesus continues from that previous verse in Matthew 6, 6.14. He says this, forgive, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now I want you to see clearly what verse 15 says. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Listen, if we refuse to forgive others, we reject God's forgiveness for ourselves. We reject it. And that's a hard statement. That's a hard, a hard thing to accept. But God is saying this, and he says it in many other ways throughout the scriptures. Our horizontal relationships, the, the relationships that we have on earth with people, impact our vertical relationship with God. The relationships that we have with people, if they're hindered, hinders our relationship with God. And so it's important for us to get this right. And Jesus masterfully tells this story. Peter, his disciple, asks him, he says, you know, how many times do I have to forgive? I mean, implying that they did it again. Seven times? Jesus says, no. As many times as they need to be forgiven, you need to forgive. And then he goes on to tell this story. He says, There's, the kingdom of heaven is like this, uh, like this king who had this servant. The servant owed him a massive amount of money. In fact, if you read in Matthew 18 uh, and you calculate it to, today, to today's um, numbers, financial numbers, this servant owed him like $10 million. And the king wanted his money. And so he's trying to settle accounts with all of his servants that owed him. And so um, as he approaches this one servant that owes him $10 million, the king says, give me my money. And the servant falls on his knees. He starts begging him, please, I'll pay you back. 
uh, you know, uh, because the king was going to, you know, punish him and sell, sell some possessions of his, including family, to get any amount of money that he could get, even though that $10 million in that day was something that could never, ever be paid in many lifetimes. And so ultimately, the king ends up totally forgiving the debt of this servant. Millions and millions of dollars. He says, you're free. Just go, you know what? You're free. You owe me nothing. I'm not going to sell your stuff. I'm not going to take your family as slaves. None of this. You are free. Well, that same servant who was forgiven after falling on his knees and begging for forgiveness ends up turning around and finding another fellow servant that owed him some money. And this fellow servant owed him in today's dollars about 4000 bucks. I mean, it's a pretty significant amount of money. About $4,000 or so. And, you know, different people interpret it differently. But the guy owed him some money. And he began to choke this servant and said, Give me my money. I'm going to throw you in prison. And the guy says, it's so funny, literally word for word, the same thing that that one servant that was forgiven so much said to the king, this other servant, his fellow servant, says to him, word for word. And the guy refused to forgive him. And we pick up at the back end of this story that Jesus is telling to help people understand forgiveness. In Matthew 18, verse 32, it says this, Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. That's not good. We need to leave this place having forgiven. Amen? And so I want to talk to you very quickly uh, about what forgiveness is not. Because forgiven people forgive. And if we don't understand or have a clear understanding of what forgiveness is, we're not going to be able to forgive well. And we need to establish a culture, man. I'm offended. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let that go. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. You know, because as, as time goes on in the future, the reality is that the likelihood of relationships getting messy and us getting wounded or hurt is relatively high. And understanding how to deal with that in a healthy way is important. I so long, I so long for each and every one of you to understand forgiveness and walk in it in your life. I mean, it will revolutionize your life. It will revolutionize your family and the church. I mean, I know family members that have not talked for years over something stupid. And I mean, all it takes is a little humility and dealing with it, and then life goes on in a healthy way. So here's what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not letting the offender off the hook. A lot of people think, ah, oh, I'll just let you off the hook, or uh, I'm not going to forgive because that's like let them, letting that person off the hook after all they've done. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not simply letting the person off the hook. It's not downplaying the offense like, oh, it's no big deal. I've moved on. If you've been wounded, forgiveness is in order, not forgetting what happened. Amen? Forgiveness is not waiting for an apology. Listen to me. They, they may never apologize to you. They may never want to apologize to you. They may not be sorry. Forgiveness is not waiting for an apology. We forgive because God has instructed us to forgive. Right? 
That's why we forgive. Listen, and let me just add this to you, to this, to this topic. We don't always have to tell them we have forgiven them. There are times that that's appropriate, that we have a conversation. There's other times that that is not realistic. So forgiveness is not waiting for an apology. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You know the old saying, forgive and forget. Well, the reality is sometimes you can't forget. Sometimes what you've been through is so significant that there are t- there's times that it gets stirred up in your heart and, and you have to deal with it all over again. You know? We can't control the forgetting part. We can only control the forgiving part. Amen? Forgiveness is not trust. Trust is a separate topic. It's easy. I always tell my kids this. It's easy to destroy trust and hard to build trust. You can forgive and still not have any trust for that person. And forgiveness is not reconciliation because it takes one person to forgive and it takes two people to reconcile. Right? It takes two people to make a relationship happen. It takes one person to forgive. Let me tell you what quickly what uh, forgiveness is. This is forgiveness. Forgiveness starts with a mental decision. It's not about a feeling. You may not feel like forgiving. You may never feel like you want to forgive. But it starts with a decision. Jesus said that I need to forgive. I'm going to forgive. It may break my heart to even think about this topic. It may break my heart to think or go back there. But the reality is, forgiveness is a mental decision. It's not based on feeling. Forgiveness, number two, is canceling a debt that is owed you. It removes the control the the offender has over us. It breaks the power of their control over us. And you know what? Here's the reality. You may be in the right for being upset. You may be in the right for being angry, like I was with that guy, Peter. I mean, I was abused by this guy. And I was in the right. I have every reason to start throwing haymakers at him. But you know what? When it's all said and done, it's what's going on in my heart that I've got to manage. It's what's going on in my heart that I've got to deal with. And, and so uh, it's canceling a debt owed you. Um, forgiveness is also choosing to keep no records of wrong. And let me just pause for a moment in this. Listen to me, wives and husbands, parents and kids, you've got to let go of the past. There's so many times that, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment, the frustration that's going on, all of a sudden, the whole past is open to bring to the table and start dealing with again. Listen to me, if it's forgiven, if it's been forgiven, it's been forgiven. It's gone. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't start digging up the past from us? Aren't you thankful? But, but don't you remember 10 years ago what you did? He doesn't do that. He says, as far as the east is from the west, he separated our sins from us. And we've got to learn to move on. Listen, we are people that get wounded. We are people that get hurt. But listen, if we live in the past, we will be controlled by the hurt that happened to us years ago. We have a life to live now. We have a future to experience. We have the power of the resurrection to set us free and cause us to live our lives for Christ and to love people around us, you know, to bring joy and hope to a lost and dying world. But if we're stuck in the past, we're paralyzed. 
by the things that have happened to us. We don't have to stay there. So we don't keep records of wrong. Um, Forgiveness is also refusing to want revenge. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. You know, if you sit there and think about how you could retaliate, uh, forgiveness has not happened yet. (laughs) And forgiveness, let me tell you this, this is so important, is an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. Because you may have made a decision to forgive, and then thoughts and feelings start stirring up. They're triggered by some event, or maybe you see that person or whatever, and it's, you know, it's like a layer. You've just got to gotta deal with it at that moment. Deal with it at that moment. This is what I'm feeling. And God, I give these feelings to you because I know I decided to forgive two years ago. And I'm starting to feel these feelings again. I have let that person go. I've let that person go. There's sometimes our wounds get reopened, you know? And we, we've got to stick with the decision, not run with the feelings. Amen? Here's the last one. Forgiveness is wanting good for your offender. You know, I mean, you know you've forgiven if you're like, if you're saying, God, would you lead them to you? I want to see the best for their life and for their future. I, I want to see you, you break through in their life and reveal your goodness to them. I heard a story, a very powerful story that sort of represents our culture nowadays. There was this father and son in the city, uh, in Mexico City. And the son, a teenager, had, got really upset with his dad. There was this argument. He starts swearing and cursing. He runs out the door. And he never comes back. Well, days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months. And the father is searching for his son. And the father's searching desperately for his son. So he decides, I'm going to put an advertisement in the newspaper. And maybe, just maybe, my son will see this advertisement and be willing to meet me. So he puts this advertisement in the paper. He says, Paco, all is forgiven, son. I miss you and I love you. And if you're willing to forgive me, would you meet me at the gate of the city park? on such and such a day, at such and such a time. So he puts this advertisement in the paper, and he shows up at the gate of the park, and at that time there were 200 Pacos that showed up, wanting to reconcile with their father, all longing for forgiveness. This is the culture we live in, folks. There's so much brokenness, there's so much divisiveness, there's so much uh, heartbreak And we allow it to divide instead of humbling ourselves and saying, listen, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And letting it go and moving on in life. Listen to me, we need to forgive. We need to forgive. I mean, the church of all people, of all people, the church should be the model and example of forgiveness. I mean, it's hard to do something that you haven't ha- received yourself, right? But we have received the most glorious forgiveness that the face of this earth knows. You know what I mean? We know what it's like to be forgiven. We know what it feels like. We know how we can live our lives free from shame and guilt and all that mess. No, you know, we don't have to hide our heads. We could hold our heads high knowing that God has, is favorable towards us. That he's smiling upon us. 
that he's good, that he's not angry, and that he's already paid a price for our sins. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. Now listen, I want to ask you a question. How long, how long will we sit here and let people that we don't know or are no longer in our lives or we will never see again, how long will we let them control our lives? How long? I mean, you should bust out a calendar, take out your phone right now and mark a date. How long are they going to control your life? How long is unforgiveness going to guide you? How long is unforgiveness going to control you? Bringing bitterness and hurt and anger and stirring that stuff. How long? I mean, we, we might as well just mark a date. Is it going to be 2020? Is it going to be never? Or is it going to be today? We have a choice to make. Freedom, the, the, the great freedom that Christ offers is available to us. Listen, we cannot be forgiven by God, until we choose to forgive others. We can't. That's what the Word of God says. I'm not twisting it. I'm not making it up. You don't have to let the past control your future. So here's the question. You may be asking, how do I forgive? How do I forgive? I'm going to walk you through very quickly how to forgive. I want to point out a resource that I would love for you to grab. Right there on that table, it was near the cross until the cross got moved, but I thought it was very symbolic being near the cross. There's a little piece of paper that says, how do I forgive? And perhaps in your home, under the privacy, you know, in, in privacy, you can walk through this. But today, I believe today many people are going to walk away free. But there may be layers of people. There might be multiple people that you have to deal with forgiveness for. Amen. And so this, I want to put this in your hands as a resource. Please take it on your way out. But here's the first thing, and I'm going to go through this very quickly. How do I forgive? You need to identify who you are angry with. If you don't know, here's a few thoughts. Who do you hope to never see again? Who would you like to pay back? Or get revenge on in your life? Who do you find yourself giving a piece of your mind to? Imagine your imaginary, in your imagination, who have you been giving a piece of your mind to? Right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I do this all the time. In your imagination, you're yelling at somebody. You need to identify. Number one, you need to identify who you're angry with. Number two, determine what they owe you. The reality is you are upset with them because they owe you something. They've taken something from you. What would they need to return to you in order to make things normal again? Is it, is it an apology? Do they owe you an apology? Do they, do they owe you money? <laughs> Listen, did they, did they take your money? I mean, what, what do they owe you? Do they owe you time because they robbed you of years of your life? Do they owe you a marriage because... The marriage is now over and you're bitter and upset and I'm very sorry about that, but you still can go on in life. What do they owe you? Did they take your family from you? Do they owe you a promotion? You deserved it, but someone else got it. You need to identify what it is that they owe you. And here's the final part. We need to cancel the debt. If they owe you something, you need to just cancel it. 
Just like in that story, the king canceled the debt of the servant. Okay, you are free. You no longer owe me all that money. We need to decide that they don't owe us anything anymore. We need to make the choice that moving forward, the debt has been canceled. They owe us nothing. And in reality, there are times, especially in the beginning, that we need to make the daily decision to not reopen the case. I don't want you after today, uh, you know, experiencing victory today and then tomorrow saying, you know what, I don't know what I was thinking yesterday. They still owe me. No, you cannot reopen the case. You've got to cancel the debt and let it be done. And listen to me. When the memories of past hurts begin to flood in again, you need to be diligent in saying, whatever their name is, Johnny doesn't owe me a thing. Amen? Amen. Forgiven people forgive. If you're here today and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the next step for you is to forgive people in your life. People of past hurts. Lynn, can you come up? People that have have brought uh, pain into your life, the next step for you is to forgive. Now, if you're not forgiven yet, if you haven't truly entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, your first step is to be forgiven. And there's a promise of freedom for you today that you can walk out of here. All the shame, darkness, guilt, uh, the burdens that you carry in life can be wiped away. God promises us a fresh start. A fresh start. Listen, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is available to us today to give us life, to give us hope, to restore things for us that are broken, damaged, separated. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to just take a moment in the presence of God. Listen, no one's stirring around. No one talking. Let's, let's, just, let's just ask the Lord. Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? If you're here and you, and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I bet you he's saying, why don't you come? Why don't you give me a chance? Come to me. Let me reveal my goodness to you. If you're here today and you know you've got unforgiveness, bitterness in your heart towards people, I bet you he's saying, it's time. It's time to forgive. And so I'm just going to, let's just take a few seconds. Let's just close our eyes before the Lord today. Let's just let the Spirit of God speak. Just declare you're good, God. You're so good. God, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for the powerful gift of forgiveness. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you for giving us the strength to say, I am going to let them go. I'm going to cancel the debt. And maybe you're here today and you, you know, this topic is so heavy and deep for you. That you really need to spend some time in the presence of the Lord. You are welcome. The the altar is open. You are welcome to come. We're going to have our altar workers here too. You may need some personal time or you may need some prayer. Just respond however the Lord's leading you. But I want to just close with a declaration today. We're just going to make a statement, a powerful statement before the Lord.
about forgiveness. I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. Lord, today I have made a choice. I have chosen to forgive. I have chosen to let go of the things that have hurt me in the past. I have chosen to let go of the people that have hurt me. Lord, I ask that you erase the pain. But today, I declare that I have chosen to cancel the debt. They don't owe me anymore. And God, I thank you that you are big enough to take care of me. God, I thank you that you are amazing enough to love me in the hurt places that I have. To heal me and to make me whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need further ministry in this area, we'll have people here for you. I would be happy to talk to you, but I would encourage you to grab that and take it home, the paper up here on the table. We love you. Happy Resurrection Day. May you have an amazing day with family and friends. God bless you.